The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. You know what's fun to talk about? The intricacies of social security regulations. And you know who's excited to talk about them? It's Alex and Wade. Hey everyone, welcome to Retire With Style. I'm Alex and I'm here with Wade Fowl. And we will be, Hello. Oh, sorry Wade, didn't give you a moment. <laughs> Continue, good sir. That was all. That's all I had <laughs> that to say. That was it? All right. Man, a few words, at least for now, but we'll get him answering questions. Uh, we're going to continue this, uh, I guess it's an arc, kind of, a Q&A arc. We did a YouTube Live, and we're just inundated with questions, and uh, we want to get to them all because, uh, you know, if somebody's thinking of it, we're thinking 10 other people are asking the same thing. So we will continue this, and today we're going to start tackling some social security questions. A fan favorite, wouldn't you say, Wade? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Some, in some of the past episodes, it was a grab bag of questions, but we decided to group into topic areas, and so we, we did have a number of questions on social security, so it's a good theme for an episode. And that's about the, the amount of all the organization that we can handle <laughs> in one sitting. Uh, but yeah, no, no worries. And uh, we'll, we'll get to them. Uh, any reactions from the previous uh, episodes, Wade, that you got? Questions or anything like that? Or are we good? Oh, that's a good point. There may have been some, I think people are adding additional questions more so than <laughs> responding to specific questions we had addressed. Okay. Okay. I think that's pretty good. Okay, and the the only thing I would add is sometimes we get asked, like, hey, I heard on the part you're doing Q&As, and we got a couple of emails that are, are very detailed. And and to some extent, there's, there's only so much we can answer, right, on, on these kind of podcasts. At a certain point, there is a line where the answer is either read books or, or go see an advisor because <laughs> there, I don't know. It's just tough to, to do it online or to to dedicate a whole episode on a very specific topic, if you will, that has to do with somebody's, you know, personal details and, and the like. What, what are your thoughts around that, Wade? Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of messages like that where people give me their entire financial history unsolicited. It's like, okay, but I can't just, we are regulated as financial advisors so that we can't just answer questions that really require a detailed financial analysis yeah and so that and, is and you know like in the and to be even more blunt or to be even more and you know sometimes <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be us I, and, and this is not a solicitation at all but sometimes you know you get what you pay for right and you just gotta bite the bullet and ask a professional and and, and pay them for it i mean it, 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 there's only so much we can do so just Take that with a grain of salt, if you will. We really appreciate the the respect and the the, the amount of responsibility that uh, you bestow upon us. You know, and because of that, sometimes it's, it's it's just a different kind of 
relationship than when you're just answering questions like, like, like how we're doing now. These are meant more for guiding posts than specific advice. Sometimes you just have to open up the wallet, I guess, and, <laughs> and find a resource to help you. I mean, if it's an important enough topic, you should. I mean, let me just leave it at that. Wade, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, if you need a detailed financial plan, you you really have to put in the effort to do that and not, not expect us to be able to give you a full financial plan as an answer as part of a Q&A on the podcast. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I, I, and we're not doing that to be the Grinch. We're doing that because, look, <laughs> the answer needs to be commensurate with the, the level of responsibility that we want to undertake with it. And so sometimes it's just we, we can get to everything. But uh, let's begin Social Security Grab Bag. Question number okay. question yeah. number one. Well, do you want go me on to wait. read the first question? Since go you're going to take a Read the first question. <laughs> okay. So the first question, is there a tool to run hypotheticals and show the math for claiming Social Security now versus waiting until, say, age 70? A tool that would show investing the equivalent monthly difference in what you would receive and what you would get. Uh, what I would say is the quick answer is not in that ex- not to that extent. There's no that I know of. There's no tool online like that. The best I could do for free would be OpenSocialSecurity.com, and there you'd get more information in terms of optimal claiming strategies versus what would happen if I invest this and take a little bit of claiming and. What you know, and my expected return is such with a standard deviation, you know, things like that. So you can plug in what ifs. I don't know about that other than professional planning tools, because you know that that's what we use, and you know we're advisors, and that's how we use them. But I don't think there's anything off the shelf now. What I would say is episode. Let me look at the episode list. 50, 50 or fifty one. <laughs> fifty one. There you go. Episode fifty one. <laughs> Wade had Wade Wade didn't invite me for that episode, and it was him and Bob. And there you you get into it, right, Wade? You want to add some color behind that? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned OpenSocialSecurity.com. That's a, a free online calculator that Mike Piper developed for Social Security claiming strategies. Uh, it, it's an excellent tool. It doesn't do what this question specifically asking because what this question is asking about is overlaying an investment portfolio as well. So it's not just what if I claim at 62 versus 70, but what if I claim it at, claim early and invest the difference versus <laughs> claim later and have to spend down the investments in the meantime. Now you could create that sort of analysis with any sort of Monte Carlo based financial planning tool where you just run two different financial plans, one where you layer in the income starting at 62 and then when where you layer in a much higher income, 66, I'm sorry, 76 to 77% higher starting at age 70. And that, um, we, so I, I wrote an article on that sort of topic. It was called, uh, with, with Steve Parrish as a co-author, which social security claiming strategy generates the highest legacy value? And we tested that in the historical data. And that was the article that Bob and I discussed in episode 51. So if you would like to listen to a deeper dive, please go back to episode 51. Uh, and also there's a, a link to the article through that episode. 
And that's, so the answer with historical data is it's not obvious that you're going to be better off by quote unquote, uh, investing the difference by claiming early and then not having to take as big a distributions from your investment portfolio. If you invest aggressively enough, you do have the opportunity for the upside. You might have a bigger legacy at the end, but it's not at all clearly obvious. And you do have to have a pretty aggressive asset allocation because delaying social security works so much better than bonds that it is tough to have any opportunity to I, to benefit from claiming early unless you're investing really aggressively. I, I, I agree. I, I would also add to this. Uh, I think it's very easy to think, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna claim now and let my investments run because I can gain, I can gain so much more from it than the extra money that it's going to kick out later. I, I know it. I can feel it in my bones. That my return is going to be greater. I, I, I think that's an easy kind of thing to kind of convince yourself of. In reality, not likely. Uh, if, if you're speaking to an advisor who just does AUM pricing, you can make the case they may be incented to say that as well. Like, well, you know what? Just claim now and we'll be investing your money, you know, so you don't have to take income from it for eight years and we're going to have this great return and look at this Ibbotson chart. I'm speaking there a little bit too cute by half. So there, there's many advisors that don't do that. I don't mean that in that sense, but you just have to consider the source when that's coming out. And the other piece is it's very hard by just leaving, by just delaying Social Security, the government is giving you an embedded rough in rough terms, right? 8% return every year. That's well, an increase. Yeah, in yeah, benefits. an increase in benefits. Yeah, that's fine. An increase in benefit from the income that you can make from it. I think that's hard. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 it's not bad. You know what it, I mean? is, it implies the real rate of return. That's hard to beat. <laughs> you know, sure. and that's like book it kind of thing. Not like maybe uh, you know, etc. I that's the bet I would make. Wait. Yeah, I think that covers the question pretty well. I, I guess we could also talk about it from the RISA perspective, that if you are thinking in terms of let's claim Social Security at 62 so that I can focus more on investing, uh, that is probably a, more of a total return, probability-based, optionality-oriented uh, viewpoint. Whereas if you're income protection, you'll probably lean much more into it is okay to spend some of those other assets down until I get to 70, because at that point, my social security will be so much larger that as long as I make it to somewhere around age 80, I'm going to be much better off from a lifetime perspective by delaying social security. I know, but I, I just think the chances are not, you know, let's say the, your, your first three years in, the markets go down a combined 10%. Let's just assume, you know, your, your portfolio of stocks is around that. It's you're kind of screwed, you know, in terms of the break even, you know, relative. You're talking about if you yeah, delay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you do need a social security delay bridge because you would increase sequence risk if you're just taking a bigger distribution from your investments for those eight years. But you can either carve out and create a bond ladder or use some sort of fixed annuity for those eight years or... Uh, even draw from a reverse mortgage. That's one of the reverse mortgage strategies. Build a social security delay bridge by spending from the home equity conversion mortgage for eight years with a term payment. Uh, there are different approaches to take so that you're not just more vulnerable to market volatility if you're delaying social security. All right. 
Next question. Let me read it to you, Wade. When applying for Social Security, one has the option of getting up to six months of back payment in a lump sum. Future payments are lowered to the six-month-ago age amount. Can you apply for Social Security at 70 and a half and get six months of premiums back to age 70? If one turns 70 past July 1st in a calendar year, then they are foregoing the tax on the Social Security payments into the next year, dot, 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 thus allowing them to fill up their tax bracket with more Ross conversions than they would have if they had just taken on, if they had just taken Social Security on time at age 70. Uh, did you catch that? I'm yeah, that a again. friend of mine wrote about Sorry, this. did you catch that? Sorry. I almost have to read that again. Or you want to maybe summarize? <laughs> like the rephrase the question. So usually the, the idea is there's no reason to wait past age 70 to claim because you're not going to get any more delay credits after age 70. Art Prunier, actually, uh, he's a friend of the of us. The, <laughs> he wrote about this. He published an article on it last year in the Journal of Financial Service Professionals. Mary Beth Franklin, another friend of the podcast, uh, wrote an article about his work in that area that he actually said, hey, uh, everyone always says don't wait until after, there's no reason to wait beyond age 70, but I'm going to wait until four months past age 70 before I claim and it was for this sort of reason that you can retroactively get up to six months, six months of benefits. And this would be a way to keep your Social Security benefits out of a current tax year. So if your birthday is in the second half of the year, uh, what you can do is say, say you turn 70 in July, you can wait until December to file. And then in January, you'll get the, the past six months worth of benefits all in January. So that in the following year, you'll have 18 months worth of benefits paid to you. In the current year, you won't have anything versus if you filed at 70, you'd, I guess I said your birthday was in July. Uh, <laughs> I guess you'd have like five months of benefits this year. I, we have to figure out exactly how many months, but it's a way to keep taxable social security benefits out of your current tax year because you can get up to six months retroactively paid. So yeah, it can be useful in certain scenarios if it's part of a tax planning strategy. The benefit, assuming your tax bracket will be more or less in the same range, the benefit is you're delaying a, a tax liability for six months on the first batch of, well, considering if your birthday was in July or whatever, you're delaying the tax liability another year on that amount. Yeah, you might do Roth conversions in the year where you don't have any oh, yeah, social yeah, yeah, security. Yeah. It might help keep you out of the, having to pay the IRMA, the Medicare premium surcharges. You will have more taxable income in the following year because you'll have 18 or however many months of social security benefits. So it's less taxable income from social security this year, more the following year. But if you have a strategy to, to take advantage of that, that's where you could see some potential benefits. All right. Next question. My ex-husband is two years younger than me. We were married for 14 years, and his salary is easily twice mine. When can I claim half of his Social Security? Uh, I Let I me mean, begin it, and Wade, you can like tie a bow on it. From my understanding, as long as you're not married and he's you know over 62, you, you should be in, in good shape. If the divorce has been finalized, if you've been divorced at least two years and he's 62, I, I, I think it's you should be fine. The other flip side is you'll be claiming for yourself as well. So you have to be Social Security claiming age. You just you can't be like 58 
and he happens to be 62 and, and try to get half of his social security. Wait. Yeah, you have to be at least 62. Your ex-spouse has to be at least 62. Uh, you do have to be married at least 10 years, which and that's a very strict cutoff. If your divorce is finalized nine years and 364 days later, you're not entitled to anything. So pay attention to that uh, one. I'm not saying we're, 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 we're creeping up on Valentine's Day, so keep the train <laughs> running for her. Uh-huh. But that threshold was met with the 14-year marriage, yes. so... You, you can't be married to get an ex-spouse um, spousal benefit. But the issue is then also, if it's been less than two years since the divorce is finalized, the ex-spouse has to have filed just like with married uh, spousal benefits. If it's been more than two years since the divorce was finalized, then that ex-spouse has to be at least 62. They don't have to actually claim for you to be able to get that ex-spouse benefit. Uh, but and this is where the question, I don't know if this nuance was understood by the person, you are deemed as having filed for your own benefit. That was something, there are ways to get around that up until the rule changes initiated in 2015. Today, you do have to claim your own benefit to be entitled to any ex-spouse benefit. So if you're thinking to claim as soon as possible to get that ex-spouse benefit, just be aware that you're going to have benefit reductions if you're under your full retirement age and you are claiming your own benefit at the same time. Are you getting close to or are you in retirement? Well, investing during retirement is a little bit different than during your working years. Your investments are there to help you pay for retirement. And now is when they need to earn their keep. To make sure you're on the right track, download Retirement Researcher's 8 Tips to Becoming a Retirement Income Investor by heading over to retirementresearcher.com 8 tips. Again, get Retirement Researcher's 8 Tips to Becoming a Retirement Income Investor by going to retirementresearcher.com 8 tips. That's the number 8 tips. Okie dokie. All right. So rolling through these, Wade. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on fire. <laughs> The next two are longer. Yeah, I'm thinking about reading. You're going to have to read that last one because I'm going to mess that one up. I'll read the next one. I'll give you the last one. That's like a lot. I don't think anything of my, my, my term papers are that long. Uh, all right. So <laughs> my wife worked for 11 years, then quit. So she should be eligible for Social Security based on time. She is the minor income earner. I plan to work full time until 68 and take Social Security at 70. Yes, I read I read Wade's book and listened to your podcast. Thank you and sorry at the same time. Uh, and the 2024 edition yeah, is out for the retirement plan. There you go. <laughs> Let's get to the meat of this. The new edition is out. Uh, no. Question one. If my wife takes Social Security at 62 for working, what percentage less would that be than waiting and taking the spousal amount at full retirement age of 67? I realize this may not be that simple, question mark. Number two, in general, I realize specifics are needed, but it would be more financially advantageous, in parentheses, break even, to take my social security at 69 and spousal amount at 67 or wait till I'm 70 and she is 68. Okay. Yeah, social security gets complicated when there's two working individuals because I think the, the Social Security rules are designed, they didn't have spousal benefits back in, when it was initiated in 1935, but they came early in the history before there was clearly this idea that two spouses would be working. 
that makes more things more complicated. Um, it notes that the wife in this scenario worked for 11 years. To, you have to have at least those 40 quarters of credits or 10 years of work. So the wife's probably with 11 years of work and with 35 years being used in the calculations, there's going to be a lot of zeros. It's going to be a pretty small benefit. But uh, the idea is what happens if the wife claims early and then the is not yet getting the spousal benefit like we were talking about with the last question because the the high earner in this couple is not going to be claiming yet. How does this all play out? So uh, when you claim, you get your own benefit. And then if 50% of your spouse's benefit is larger than your benefit, you'll get a spousal top up. So that if you claim at full retirement age, you'll get 50% of, in this case, the husband's benefit. It may help to just provide some numbers to this just because it's otherwise so abstract. Let's say the, the high earner in this couple is going to have, is eligible, they, their primary insurance amount is $2,500. And the uh, low earner, let's say their primary insurance amount is $900. So at full retirement age, that individual, they get 900 of their own benefit. And then overall, they're entitled to 1250 per half of the 2500 so a $350 spousal top-off. Now, if this person, claim, this low earner claims at 62, she'll get 70% of her own benefit at that time, or 70% of the 900, 680. Then, if she doesn't start getting any spousal benefit until she's at least her full retirement age, she'll get the full spousal top-off on top of that. So that was $350 in this scenario. So she'd get 680, that's 70% of the 900 per month. She claimed at 62. And then eventually her, the high earner claims when she's already at least full retirement age, she'll get a $350 top off on top of that. And that there's no delay credits on that spousal top off. So what you're sacrificing, the, the question's getting into, should I claim at 69 so that my wife can get another year of the spousal top off? Or should I wait until 70 and then my wife's not getting a year of spousal top off and is not getting any delay credits on the spousal top off? <laughs> it's, it's really what the question boils down to. And the, the general answer is because the high earner's benefit is in this scenario so much larger and will become the survivor benefit. If they're really similar in age, and this is going to be a theme in the next question, I, the, this question doesn't mention their age difference, uh, what that age difference is, but probably unless the um, the low earner wife is much older, unless that's the case, you're probably going to be really looking at maximizing the survivor benefit to her, which would have the the high earner wait until seventy. Is that super clear? <laughs> I lost your spousal top off. I, my mind went elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's this, the way when both spouses work, it's just, it becomes super complicated. No, no, I got you. All right, I'll, I'll try to, I'm just going to. This would be a good example of, this is where you could go to open social security, enter this information in for your case, and actually see how this plays out with the, the benefits you're eligible to at different ages. It will account for the reduction in primary benefit, the uh, the spousal top-off available, and so forth, and you can play around with that. That's That would be a great use case of opensocialsecurity.com. Excellent. 
Next question. I'll read it that way because you're going to have to think through it while I'm speaking because, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a man of many talents. But to read it out loud and then also formulate answers, I'd rather leave that responsibility to you and I'll read. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hi, Wade and Alex. I am a regular listener to your show and appreciate the insight that Theresa has provided me and my spouse. What do you think, Wade? No, no, that's not the question. <laughs> Thank you so much. My question is related is relating to social security timing. I am sixty and my husband is sixty-eight. So, so we're getting okay, an age so difference. There you here. Go, sixty and seventy-eight and sixty-eight. He has claimed social security at full retirement and his benefit is twenty five hundred per month. My benefit at full retirement is projected to be twenty seven hundred. I am no longer working. My question centers on our age difference and relatively similar benefits. We realize that typically it makes sense to turn a larger benefit on at 70 to maximize survivor benefits. I'll give you a second wait as I see you're writing. At, that, yeah, yeah, at sure. the time I turned 70, my husband will be 78. I would suspect our benefits, our benefit amounts to be similar at that time given the increases with inflation that he is receiving. What I don't know since I'm no longer contributing to Social Security, will my benefit be growing with inflation as well? Currently, we are drawing approximately 6000 per month living expenses from our portfolio of just over $2 million in stocks, bonds, cash, and brokerage account. Our plan includes some Roth conversions until I turn 60. So for the next two years, we're pulling a little extra to cover those taxes as well. Boom. Digest that. My feeling is it may not make a very significant difference as a survivor benefit if we were to wait until my age 70 benefit. Could you talk about how our age difference slash life expectancy might impact our climbing strategy in this our, sorry, our claiming strategy in this situation? We are both in very good health, very active, and both set of parents reached their late 80s, early 90s. Thank you. P.S. We are planning to discuss this with our CFP as I near 62, but with your recent replay of Social Security timing, I thought this might be relevant. Yeah, yeah, very relevant. So a couple of issues going on here. We do have the age difference, the um, 60 and 68. Their benefits at full retirement age are somewhat similar, mentioning the the 68-year-old is $2,500 a month, the uh, 60-year-old $2,700 a month. Uh, Now, double-check with your Social Security statement. It may be assuming that you're going to continue to work for the next seven years through your full retirement age. So it will show somewhere on there what your assumed future earnings are. If those earnings, if it shows a past salary there, you're not going to have those seven years of earnings. You may not have that full $2,700 at that point. But also, one of the questions was, will my benefit be growing with inflation as well? Yes, you don't have to claim to get the cost of living adjustments. The, the Social Security statement assumes there's no inflation in the future. You will get those cost of living adjustments. So your benefit will grow with inflation, just like your older spouse who's already claimed, uh, just whether or not this... The benefit statement is assuming another seven years of work. We need to double check that point. Now, that being said, the other part of the question was really around this issue of survivor benefits. 
if you have the higher benefit, and, and there's not that much difference, so at the end of the day, it's not going to be that big a deal. But you're the one who will get your own benefit as a survivor benefit. It's it's less likely that the spouse would get your benefit as a survivor benefit, but you might still be looking to delay until 70, especially with the longevity that you mentioned, because your own benefit will be your survivor benefit as the small difference, but <laughs> relative high earner in that couple. Uh, it's more for your own benefit necessarily than the uh, your spouse's benefit since the spouse is eight years older. You and have to I say more. There's a rule in this podcast. The answer has to be longer than the question. <laughs> yeah, so, was this answer No, no, no. Brevity is the soul of wit if you're reading Shakespeare. <laughs> if you're on Retire with Style, you got to draw this out. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 27 minutes. No, that's good. I mean, this is fine. This is a good handful of social security questions. And there we're at, there, there we are at. If you folks have any others, please feel free to hit us up, you know, community at resaprofile.com. Send in questions. We're more than happy to do this. We kind of, we kind of dig this Q and A because, you know, it relieves us a little bit of responsibility from finding a topic (laughs) and, you know, doing an arc on and, you know, we, we we can knock these out, you know, nice, and they're, they're relevant to what you folks are thinking about. So I enjoy them, right, Wade? I mean, what about you? Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to know what people are thinking about and asking and where we might be better with our explanations, where we may have not been thinking, not on the same wavelength sometimes, so to make sure we get, okay, that's that's how you're thinking about All it. All right. So and there, let's, let's get on the and same And there we are. Now we got the questions out of the way. Just more behind the scenes. So episode officially over. So as opposed to small talk at the front, there could be small talk at the, at the back. And I have to ask Wade, I have to put him on the spot. That's why I'm doing this. We batched these. You know, we did a whole bunch of Q&As and we sort of published them. And so we're getting ready for the next set. So Wade and I haven't spoken in two weeks, you know, to the to our listening public. And when we left it, we were working on pull-ups. Right, Wade? <laughs> We yeah, got a pull-up yeah, thing for his house. I have one, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to kind of baseline it and then double up and see how we can maintain it. What, what do you got, Wade? What do you got for me? Yeah, my kids are doing it. And I'm, when I walk by, I'm trying to get two or three in. I did four one nice. time all in a row. Uh, I, the idea was to be at six by the end of February. I'm oh, not, well, if you're four not now, sure you'll get six. Good. By the end of February? It's a, another month. I think from you're I had a year on you, so I was able to get nine on my baseline. But I, again, yes, it's an excuse. So guilty, right? But I was doing something with my kid <laughs> with barbells, and I think I gave myself a really bad tennis elbow. And I, it's getting better now, but I haven't done much since then, simply because I'm going to give it another week, and then I'll, I'll hit it hard again. Oh yeah, that. So you have a sharp. Yeah, pain yeah, it's killing that, me. What's helping good. me is I think the the cold plunges in some weird sort of way because I'm just icing the hell out of it. But I, I should be back next week and, and kick it out and let's see if I can get to 18 by uh, by the end of the month. Are you doing chin-ups as well or just pull-ups? Yeah, I find that chin-ups easier, actually. Chin-ups I never easier. really thought yeah, yeah. about it. Chin-ups is easier. Uh, in fact, I think of the chin-ups I did nine and the pull-ups was like seven, something like that. Uh, and what about hanging? Do you just hang, dead hang? No, I don't really do the hanging because we don't have any door bend that's knees, high man. enough that I can. I have to also bend my knees. Bend your knees. 
<laughs> so what are you that? talking about? Physics, really man. Thing. No, that's that's deceptively harder than you think. <laughs> and I obviously I don't think if you work on hanging it'll it'll help. But I think one of the I think this is not me like being Hooverman or uh, Tia or one of those guys, right? But if you can hang, like grip strength is is one of these like markers for longevity. I swear. It's like one of those things, like the the, and they measure that by your your hanging, like a a dead man hang or dead whatever you call it, kind of thing. So follow me for more advice on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what are those YouTube commercials now about um, jogging doesn't do anything or diet doesn't do anything? I never stay on long enough to figure I out what know, does something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're playing around with that too. But I I could barely I did like dead hang. The best I could do was like a minute ten seconds. And I, like I, I, literally a minute, ten seconds, my hand, my forearms were burning. I couldn't hold it anymore. It's tough. It's it's tougher than you think, Wade. <laughs> At least for me. No, I, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. All right, guys and ladies. Uh, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you on next week's edition, where we will be handling all things reverse mortgages. Riveting topic. Yeah, yeah, we've got a collection <laughs> on reverse mortgage All right, questions. So we'll catch you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Bye. Thanks. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.